Weird Things is brought to you by patreon.com slash weird things. Support the show. Hello and welcome to the Weird Things podcast. I'm Andrew Mead, joined by Brian Brushwood. Hello, hello. Justin Robert Young. Hey. And Mr. Bryce Castillo. Hello. Hey, uh, how about that International Space Station with its crazy Russian module and its thruster that just likes to keep firing? Uh, go on. So uh, Friday, the ISS uh, had a little bit of a surprise because uh, apparently they were just doing a test of the engines on board the Soyuz MS-18 spacecraft. And then um, they're supposed to do an engine test and the thruster just the thrusters firing unexpectedly continued. So they couldn't shut down the thruster. Remember, we had the problem before. Yeah, this is the, 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 oh, the same thrust- module that 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 never stopped firing and sent everything over like a, a, a flip and a half. Right. Yep. And it looks like I think it's the same module. I think it's the same thrusters. So. So this um, has now been a persistent problem. But it, the thruster shut down this time, though. Oh, good. I mean, but also probably because it ran out of probably because it ran out of propellant, and not because they were not able because to they were able to down. control it. <laughs> it just literally ran out of power. I'm so 100 percent down for the sci-fi original movie rogue Russian module <laughs> that won't stop firing and spinning ISS out of control, possibly into a volcano filled with sharks. I mean, if, movie. if you if you need no. if, if, if 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 Chernobyl was just like the pilot, this would be like a great late season edition of like Russian bureaucracy causing problems. The show, yes. I think this is no. This is not that. This is not the Naka module. This is the MS eighteen spacecraft. Yeah, they just said right there. Oh, oh boy, this so is a this separate is a, another thing. Same <laughs> I, problem. I, I just, different I just thing. had that moment straight out of the the Big Lebowski where it's like I sat up straight and I go, "Oh, separate instance." <laughs> yeah, like uh, like uh, this is a system wide problem we have. Uh, a a quote from a Russian mission control. Oleg, take it easy. The station was turned by fifty seven degrees. No big deal. <laughs> Hmm. Is that a real quote? I mean, I mean, I'm sure they said it in Russian. So, <laughs> yeah. hey. uh, so, so what? A half star off their Yelp review? Is that where we're at? I'm gonna, I'm gonna put it this way. I'm gonna say this though. Okay, they are one. They have to. The Russian space agency has to operate. And turns out, Russia. I don't know if you've heard about Russian bureaucracies and Russia. You know, yeah, all the issues with Russia Let- and doing things in Russia. Yeah, legendarily efficient, legendarily yeah. uh, uh, well communicative toward each other. But that being said, they don't have anywhere near our funding yet. Yeah, they they're they're they've been sending rockets up nonstop while we've stuttered and stopped. Yeah, they've developed. You know, they space station was built with part it's part Russian, but Russian modules on there for the amount of resources they have. Damn, they do good. Yeah, it's just it's Russian. It's just hard, yeah. I mean, look, they're 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 in a they're in a difficult position. Uh, I think space in general is something that that is at a very interesting point. Not only because there's been a lot of American innovation, but also 
uh, I think Russia's default position of where the place that still puts rockets up into the air uh, now is challenged. And so now they got to figure out what they're, what they're doing. Uh, also it's hard, right? The more, the more we're in space, the more things are going to go wrong in space. Well, and plus also like there was one move that Russia always had, which was reliability. Yes. We're very expensive. Yes. We're very wasteful. Yes. We have a perfect track record, give or take. Uh, what happens when, when that last part starts to erode? Yeah. I, I think that it's man, they've got, some of the best, most talented people in the world is working with limited resources in a management structure that probably very political. And it is, you know, it's one of these things like, like why believe in American exceptionalism? Um, look at what happens when we take people from Russia and India and other countries that aren't as developed. They end up creating things like Google and running things like Google, uh, Microsoft and doing these things like we yeah. benefited you start looking at the number of Russian the you know, children of Russian scientists or engineers who immigrated to the United States and created amazing startups and technology. It's a very big list. So clearly the talents there, clearly the talents in Russia, clearly the talents in other countries. That's obvious. Um, but yeah, the structures. Yeah. There was a great YouTube video by Scott Manley talking about the Indian uh, space agency uh, ISRO, Indian Space Research Organization, and what they've been in their rocket program, what they've been able to do with you know, a tenth of our budget, you know, a tenth of that. And amazing, amazing what they've been able to do and deliver. They may be putting, putting people into space next year, and they've got some of their own innovative kind of rocket systems. Because I was looking like, wait, what's this? Like, oh, yeah, this is a solid rocket booster. This is a steering motor, which we never, I don't think we ever played with, like they did, like some really clever stuff. So, man, there's a lot of ingenuity out there trapped inside of yeah sometimes dicey uh yeah yeah systems that have a hard time servicing it and that's i think what's what's exciting now is that we've just seen a lot of progress right like like there's just a lot of things that have gotten done yeah oh. so are you guys uh uh I'm starting to run across more and more articles boohooing about like uh, all the light pollution coming from all the low orbit stuff that's happening out there. And I, I, I don't know that I'm the least bit concerned about it because it's like, if we want to see really far away things, then we would use a space telescope that would be outside of that problem. And then meanwhile, backyard astronomy just gets cooler and cooler. I can't count the number of times that, using the ISS app, it's been cool to count down three, two, one, here it is. I'm like, oh my God, we're seeing a building flying well, right over us. I mean, a lot of the complaint does come from actually backyard astronomers, but people are actually trying to take photographs of stuff of other things. Like it does have an impact on amateur astronomers because I think they're the ones that, I don't know how much it impacts really what they're doing versus the fact that it's present there. Um, I was just looking at an electronic telescope the other day. That's amazing what they have built into there, like doing image stacking, stuff like this. Like, I, I believe that for some people it's a real problem, but I also think that, you know, if between, you know, you know, my friend that blows, you know, $10,000 on camera equipment and a telescope to go take stuff and some kids on an Indian resident in Alaska who haven't had internet who get a, an internet, I know who I'm voting for. Right. Yeah. Yeah, the, the, the kids in Alaska. Let me make that very clear. Yeah, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I do want. I mean, and you guys probably be better uh, to, to answer this, but I do wonder how much some of that is, you know, people kind of bug hunting 
that like they're like looking to kind of take the picture of the satellite that is crossing across the thing that you want to that you want to observe when you know you are able to kind of point a, a, a telescope at what you're looking for well there there's definitely the fact that like uh, uh truly dark areas let's say you know i don't know you're out in a ship in the middle of the pacific or whatever like uh all of a sudden you have a bunch of new players entering the arena going yeah here or there uh but sure. doesn't that kind of price out amateur amateur astronomers if if we kind of leave leave more of that telemetry to you know space telescopes or ships out in, out in the ocean doesn't that kind of price out the low end of people who want to see it it changes the focus i mean it's like uh, uh backyard <laughs> astronomists now your stories are more limited to you know kind of uh, uh air traffic in in the the lower earth orbits Ooh. uh but then you also have the ability as we all do now for time sliced, you know, like a, who'd like to take a ride on the Hubble for a bit. Let's go. What do you want to see? Well, you, you can't, but you know, um, we will get there. I mean, but, and you can rent, you can, they're actually the electronic like observatories and other places that you can rent time on, but it gets costly. I would say that the thing is the tools for backyard astronomy have gotten much better. You know, now you have a telescope that tracks, you take a series of photos. It is not hard, from my understanding, and there may be astronomers out there, correct me, it is not hard to get rid of the satellites, to ignore them. Um, but it is, I think, for some people, it's an aesthetic thing. It, it bothers them that, like, look, they're up there. I'm looking through my telescope, and now i got to see these, these Starlink internets providing service to people in rural areas. I guess, yeah, that, that would be my question. Is it harder to see the thing you're looking for up in the sky, the, the celestial body up in the sky, or to catch a Starlink satellite in your field of view? Because it, it sounds to me that it's more of an aesthetic thing that people are upset on two levels, A, that they exist, and B, that the fact that they exist and that this is a popular service means that this is a problem that will get worse going forward and maybe down the road you have a hard time trying to see whatever you want because there's constant interference from stuff in, in, in the sky. But I don't know the feasibility of that. Yeah, there's, I mean, there's uh, the international Astro astronomical union was calling for the UN to protect the sky from like Starlink satellites. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, uh, I don't think there's a, I don't have a problem with people saying, let's make some recommendations like for research to minimize the amount of light. But literally when you're talking about a fundamental service to people, the fundamental idea of what internet brings and particularly something like starlight, which focuses on people who are in remote areas, right? It is not a rich guy telephone thing. It is literally providing vital service to people who don't have it. I'm like, uh, they, they, you know, I, I don't think I'm overstating it to say, you know, that little thing called the ability to bring the sum total of all of human knowledge to the bottom billion, you know, oh, that little old thing. Is that the, the biggest uh, NIMBY argument of all time? <laughs> yeah, but I don't like the extra stars that do awesome dances yeah, like, when that, I'm trying to look at other stars that are doing boring things. Like, is that... Yeah, the, if it was... We and we criticized a bit when it was one of the space launch companies did their stupid disco ball thing because it was like, which by the way, I'm still a fan of. I I, I thought of, yeah. I know I was in the minority on that one. But yeah, we yeah we 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 were we had a difference. We had a we had a discussion about like, eh, is this? But and it was temporary and fleeting. But 
yeah, this is not, it's not, you know, Elon riding in the sky, you know, doge to the moon, which would be kind of funny if he found out he could change the orbit of the satellites. <laughs> yeah. Don't give him any ideas. All of a sudden make it, moon make with an famous. arrow pointed to it. Like this not way, an arrow, Brian. It won't be an arrow pointing at it. <laughs> yeah. It, it's, I, t- I sent a tweet, I think to both of you the other day, which was, like because elon had said some silly tweet i'm like this is the richest man in the oh world. it was it was to the me richest man in the and world. it was it was uh, uh after careful consideration i will not apologize for party rocking <laughs> <laughs> richest man you in know, the world like the, probably sitting on the toilet board yeah. and then <laughs> just like <laughs> you know his beavis and butthead laugh and then decides to do this so uh yeah, let's not give him any ideas. Good, good, good yeah, yeah. I don't think we need a a a, a Shiba Inu Doge mascot <laughs> floating yeah. through the uh floating through the sky. Don't give me that look, Brian. Uh, so don't give me that look. We don't we no, 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 no. Be funny. I, I think no. That, yeah, I don't think we should be in the position of writing anybody off who says, Oh, I don't care about your concerns. I do think that, like Brian, to your point, like, yes, I do think it would be nice. If we start thinking more about how how can we give better tools because astronomy is a key. I love astronomy. Could we could we do it? Could we be thinking about more CubeSats and other stuff? You know, could we doing more to make it easier to do astronomy? Because now with well, this cheap access to space is going to be amazing. Astronomy is going to have because of SpaceX, astronomy is going to be accelerated considerably with cheap access to space. But, yeah, and and I think that's a fine trade-off. Like, let's say, let's say, uh, you know, the evil genie shows up and he's like, good news, bad news. Bad news is, uh, your skyline will only be more awesome. They'll just, it'll look like Coruscant. It'll look like there's traffic and things happening all the time. You're like, okay, well, what's the bad news? And he's like, no, 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 that is the bad news. The good news is all of these can form together to create a planetary sized, a coordinated uh, telescope and time slices will be available to researchers uh, all the way down to high schoolers. And uh, everybody's going to get to explore the world in a way that we had never conceived of before. And I'm like, Hmm, I'll think about your offer. Are you sure the evil genie, because you sound like a good genie right now. <laughs> well, but I, I do think that that's something where, and, and we have to draw the line between like what progress is good progress and what progress is a uh, uh, negative progress in terms of the idea of like, Oh, well I, you know, you would be telling your, your uh, uh, children's children like, well, you know, what I used to do with your mom it was, was watching groves like, as far as the eye could see. And, and, and some of that is yearning for times gone by, right? And some of it is like, no, maybe maybe we did lose something. Maybe we lost and something there, that was good. But, 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 but even and, then, we could, we can hop on a affordably priced rocket and just... Just zip but, on up but, on a five-hour trip. Who can? But that's not there now, though. Like yeah, if you're right. if if you're an astronomer, back if you're amateur, like we've had a, amateurs have contributed a lot, discovering comets and other stuff like this. So for an amateur, it's like that's great. I like that future, but I want to take my my telescope in my backyard tonight and see something, and not see you know this ring of sad. You know, like that's that's their argument. And not to be the dumb, slippery my slope guy. Not to be the slippery slope guy, Uh-oh. but even Uh-oh. if... Oh, I'm losing footing. I'm losing footing already. Even if we Ooh, think uh, that the, uh. the Starlink is a good trade-off, what about when it just becomes cheaper for people to litter the sky with advertisements and laser pointers and, and whatnot? I mean, we're, Brian we're talking and I about... see no downpoint side to that, so we're kind of looking forward to this. 
I mean, okay. That, I mean, that, that I mean, that's 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 fine right, too. But, but what is the line uh, for the most frivolous satellite that could go into the sky? What do we do? We have a basement. Like if it's if it's just uh, it yes, it is the flashing pornography. It's, it's, the, it's, like, the, it's the global kiss cam. It's a jumbotron that just spies down on Earth and finds uh, people who are hanging out at local events, and then they see themselves, and then they have to kiss. By the way, everyone goes. Ooh. Can I just say this? Uh, went to a hockey game last Thursday. <laughs> Shockingly, the kiss cam, not unlike Michael Myers, has survived through <laughs> Me Too. I have no idea how in our modern age we're, the, the, the kiss cam is still around. Although they did eliminate the one time that uh, was like, you know, now probably doesn't look as good where they would always find the two dudes who were rooting for the yeah. opposite team and put them on the kiss cam. That's gone. So that that got cut. Uh, See, that's the real crime because that's bringing people together. That's crossing all kinds of cultural divides, both tribal and, I, and <laughs> sexual. Or it's I, or it's just I, LOL. The other team is gay, which is usually where yeah. the laughs came from on that one. I I went back to the whole. Yeah, sky sorry, thing. sorry like, about can, sorry about the kiss. Yeah, game. that's okay. cool. Sorry for party uh, rocking. Yeah, you could you could imagine like really crazy scenarios. Like you could take some, you know some lumin you know photo chemical luminescent gas or something like that and have a laser right in it and do crazy stuff um ever look at and this is just a really interesting science fact you ever see like if you watch google if you look at like our, the image of earth like on apple tv or whatever you see this really good and you see the outer layers of the atmosphere and there looks like there's a glowing force field yeah you ever see this yeah yeah there's that like yellow like this is yellow band and I'm like, I'm looking at that one day. I'm like, I have no idea what that is. Like, what is that? Why is this just like, this is like Amazon is like a little tiny yellow line. Is this like an artifact? And it's a sodium layer. It's an actual layer of, of sodium atoms that get charged. We're looking at it right there. So that's what that is. It's actually kind of like sodium lights that glow. Like, like sodium arc lights. What, yep, exactly. So it's an upper layer. That's a boundary layer where there's a bunch of those sodium infinitesimal amounts of them, but enough that charged particles will cause huh. them to glow. I always read that as just a, 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 a version of the Northern lights that you weren't really able to see very well. Uh, that's, you know, that's, that's, that's ways, remarkable. But it kind of like that, Brian, it's, a, it's an upper atmospheric charged particles. Yes. But it just covers the entire. Hmm. Uh, uh, do you want to know what covers the entirety of this show? Oh my God. Your financial support at patreon.com slash weird things. Yeah, that's right. Look, we have a celebrity guest here, uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson. Neil deGrasse Tyson joining us live right now. Well, what's up? It's me, Neil deGrasse Tyson. Uh, uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson. Yes. I, I understand that I'm traditionally Neil deGrasse Tyson. You, you have a lot of problems with uh, yeah. some of the physics in movies. Don't like them. Yeah. I don't really like movies. Yeah? No, I'm more of an opera man myself. How, how, how are you like in your relationship with yourself, though? I, uh, I find inner peace whenever I go to patreon.com slash weird things and help donate to the show. Now, wait a minute. What is it that makes that so special for you? Well, I uh, see science dictates that uh, if you go to patreon.com slash weird things and, yes. and you give them uh, your hard earned money, then they continue to make a show each and every week. Also, oh. I get access to the After Things podcast, which gives me all sorts of insights, tips and tricks and, and uh, uh, otherwise opinions on how to be an independent creator, which is what I am. I'm Neil deGrasse Tyson. 
That's wonderful. How do we, how do how do I follow in your footsteps? Well, first you 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 turn off gravity and write a tweet storm about it. <laughs> and then you go to patreon.com slash weird things and I'm, donate I'm to the podcast. I'm just going to skip to the second part. Second part nope, sounded If you want to be like me. Uh, you if, know what? Maybe I just want to be If you want to be my like lover, you, you got to get with my uh, friends. You know what? I, I, yeah. I, I, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to go to patreon.com slash weird things and subscribe to this very podcast. That's why there'll only be one of me. Ah, ah, oh, a smoke classic bomb. star talk. Sorry, I'm just ordering my AirPods 3. Okay, where were we? (laughs) Um, uh, I'm like, mine, they're working fine, but I just can't live without them because how I listen to all my favorite things like to hear in my ear holes. So, AirPods rule. Like this. I I haven't seen the new. What's what's the new? Is just more battery life or? They're new. Yeah, got you. Okay. So, it's uh, new. It's all new. They're saying it's it's third generation. The third generation of AirPods. They have the new design and the spatial audio and wireless. And oh God, did you sound more bored as you say this, Bryce? Do, do, do they it run longer than ever and faster? A longer battery life. It does actually. Ah. <sighs> anyway, what a what a what a refreshing change of pace. Minimizes wind noise. Yeah, that's pretty crucial. Yeah. 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 All right. All right. That's that's for AirPods. Your AirPods are good. I like Air- AirPods, especially in space. Especially All that wind comes at you when you're in space. Fire comes at you. <laughs> space wind. All right. Sorry. Don't mean to digress like that. All uh, we are is space in the wind. Um, so where are the sub- these AirPods? Where have we been? <laughs> There's a, a, again, that was a really good substitution song for the Highlander TV series when they couldn't use the Queen song. So they used Dust in the Wind? Yeah, that was dust in the wind. Oh, it was great. They'd like, oh, wow. you know, Adrian yeah, Paul be walking yeah. away with Richie into the sunset after having to murder some uh, whatever. And then all we are is dust in, in the wind. Oh, it's pretty cool. It's like, this works. A bunch of severed heads again and again. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Adrian Paul could have been like the, the best poor man Sean Connery ever. So, Man, put that first line in, in his obituary. <laughs> Yeah. The greatest poor man, Sean Connery. Yeah. Sean it's great. Ever. It's great. The guy could should should have been in every movie. It was amazing. It was, I, mean, like, I love the tight TV show for Highlander. It might have been a more uh, flattering obituary headline than Colin Powell got. Oh, jeez. Oh, jeez. Uh, so there's a plot project. Uh, NASA is working on a project to try to identify rogue planets we've talked about these before these are just free-flowing libertarian planets that just keep going where i'm like i don't need no solar system that's right the feds alive <laughs> they're about as popular as 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 rotating libertarian rogue planets yeah the new hampshire planet um so basically rogues are uh planets that got flung out from their host stars, for, could be for a variety of reasons to do that. There are some theories that suggest there could be more rogues or almost as many rogues as there are actual planets, which is kind of, you know, amazing. And yeah. so the idea here is they're looking at gravitational lensing to look at the idea of one of these planets goes in front of a star and then using computational models, you know, machine learning models to say, I think there's something there. Because that's what we say when you think about space, it's not like you just got our, our eight planets and our abandoned orphan planet Pluto. Uh, and then the next star system, there's stuff, there's the Oort cloud, there's the Kuiper belt, there's all these other objects out there and possibly just drifting out there in between. Well, there could be also planet X or whatever. There could be another planet out in our solar system, but then all these rogues. 
which kind of amazing. So selfishly, I, I, I immediately want to consider like, okay, how many of them are Europa like where they're covered in ice and have geothermic vents and possibly supporting life or whatever. Um, I probably should let go of that life centric, uh, view of the universe. But, uh, but having said that, how many of these got space shrimp? Maybe like we, we don't know. Like that's a, it's a great point. Cause Brian, as you brought up as first people like, Oh, these cold lifeless planets. We are like, what? Like, uh, their, their cores, their molten cores all of a sudden stopped functioning. Like, no, like they could have, they could have, uh, I don't know. I don't know how much time they'd have to spend in a sort. I don't time to get ejection, whatever, but there could, could be life on these things. You know, there could be squids and stuff, you know, there could be sort of things below an ice cap or whatever. Like, yeah, you don't, Turns out you don't have to have the sun. Okay, so so very very unlikely scenario, but not zero. Uh, you have a rogue planet. It's big enough, uh, and it's got a big enough warm zone that uh, you got all kinds of critters, uh, the, the likes of which that we like to fantasize are on Europa or that are similar to those who are. Uh, experiencing chemosynthesis uh, near geothermal vents at the bottom of the ocean or whatever. Um, it's unlikely that there would be a need to establish conscious life, but let's say you got there. I, I don't know how they would channel heat to bust out of the surface, much less how they would create and forge objects that would allow them to get outside of the planet but uh but 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 i'm up for the challenge of speculating wildly on on what that might look like uh, do do you have anything in that regard andrew or 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 is I, that or is that just too too a, a bridge too far i you know i just finished my new Theo Cray and Jessica Blackwood book and, and the idea of an alien signal comes up there. And so then I get to have Theo Cray, you know, computational biologist start to speculate on stuff. And the thing that he points out is that if you look at the number, you know, the number of stars in our galaxy, right? And if you say, you know, if you're, if you're approaching, let's say, it, you know, let's look at what's the current estimate of number of stars in our galaxy is... Um, I right, got to be more than 25. 20, Maybe 100,000. Okay. 100,000 million stars. Okay. Um, so 100 billion. Oh, what did I, I get the European version? Yeah, 100 billion stars, right? <laughs> so if you look in. Uh, it, by the way, for the record, I'm a big fan of thousand million over a billion because a billion is sounds too close to a congressional budget or whatever but when you say a thousand million like i know how many a million is a thousand of those uh, okay now that that's, yeah, that's a lot a big that's number. a lot yeah. of hooch yeah. but we get an estimate between like 100 and 400 billion stars right now if you say on average probably the prediction now is is probably every star probably may have planets because like everywhere we look we tend to see the to find them our closest Stars have them. So we got to say there's probably on average three or four, there's probably multiple. So if we say there's a trillion or let's say there's, you know, let's just say there's a few billion dwarf planets or excuse me, excuse me, a few billion rogue planets going through there. Yeah. Some of them are going to have geothermal. Some of them are going to have had geothermal, you know, for a while. Some of them are going to have water. 
tense enough geothermal, the idea that life couldn't develop would seem unlikely to me, given that you know we only have data about how us existing once which is you can't really extrapolate anything from it because if one fluke, that fluke is going to go, what are the chances of me? Well, we're here. Well, you're the fluke. You get to look at this. But I think it's, you always want to say squid. It's octopus, octopus, squid. It's going to be octopus and squid. It's just a, just a universe of octopus. Well, so, so. Stop the Fed from printing stars. <laughs> <laughs> I, my, my question is, uh, I, I could wrap my mind around rogue rogue planets essentially being space eggs that that carry uh, 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 thoughtful uh, DNA or life uh, in them that smash into planetoids or break apart and then shower their DNA all over the place, essentially seeding an Earth that could lead to a primate-like environment. Um, I suppose the harder challenge for me to square the circle on is the idea that uh that while in a rogue state they can reach a level of uh intelligence and awareness to know hey we're on a floating space egg and and we're we're gonna come within this many miles of a planet or whatever like 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 i like for example like i don't know how you would develop lens craft underwater or 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 developed Various well, types of metallurgy or whatever. Mm. But, you know, you, you oh, think about... human perspective, Brian Brussler. <laughs> yes, I'm glad. Somebody who speaks my language. <laughs> okay, so think about this, though. Um, or how do you learn drums? Yet we saw it in Aquaman. It's, it's possible. Doy. Look at how do things do that underwater now? You have mollusks. You have creatures. You have things that develop shells. You have... You have uh, maybe some forms of tool use, whatever, it would be different. It, it, it may not be metallurgy in the way we do it, but it might be resins. It might be other sorts of things. But there, there might be something to the idea, though, to get that one of the components you need for that kind of tool use is you have to change your environment because we became really good tool users when we left the jungles and went out in the savannas. And our tool use increased when our environments changed. You know, the best tool users in the oceans are probably your dolphins or your porpoises that used to be land mammals, then went into the ocean and developed their brain power they had developed on land to solve land problems, then gets applied underwater and they do clever things. And so, so maybe you don't get that intelligence without a shift. Even, even now, though, uh, I could picture, let's say you've got a rogue planet and this is me chasing a wild hair i apologize but 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 if you had uh let's say a more ant light uh ant like colony um you you could uh travel the warmth up in 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 uh, basically take the warmth from the depths and use it to drive a bunch of individual pinholes like all over the planet to where then the entire planet uh, uh, essentially you have an, an entire cast of ant creatures or whatever that, that act as scribes and then they compare notes and they're able to create these compositional images where it's like now all of a sudden you have a, a, the entire planet becomes an eyeball that, mm. that, that looks, um, that, that doesn't... you could, you could, you could start once you go down a path, you could start to think about uh, what if you were using DNA to communicate to other 
creatures? Do you say, okay, I can make RNA or I can spit off some RNA that whatever that communicates my experiences and my stories to something or just a protein sequence. I'm going to make a protein chain. You're going to get it and it's going to function kind of like a little computer tape to you. And you're going to be able to get information I have. You could think, you could start imagining a lot of different scenarios where information be exchanged and then tools. How, how could you, you know, do you go straight to biotech? Do you go straight towards getting uh, you know do you have enough can, if you're doing if you're if you're a species that can do that you're like oh well, i can create rna spit it into these microbes and have them make me some plastics yeah uh and likewise um if you have uh if if not a singular intelligence at least a a colony you know planet planet-wide colony all working in tandem then all of a sudden you're able to do stuff like, you know, like, uh, hey, let's shift the weight of the entire planet to one side so that we start spinning and flopping, you know, to to correct for our uh, orbit as we come in. But I mean, that's like, like you said before, the idea of understanding your role in the universe is something that is, you know, uh, uh, that's that that's a high bar to clear, right? Yeah, but you could make a pretty good case that that humanity has already done the impossible in that we now we now rely on math equations that rely on particles we've never detected, but we've mathematically deduced must be there or interactions that 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 have to have happened or whatever. So if we're able to do it, then maybe other entities would be able to as well. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think that's assuming that we're, we're on the right track, right? We, we, we are on the right track as far as we understand it, but I mean, we have, we have long right. understood. And, 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 and uh, to be clear, I am aware that in order to play this game, we have to set the difficulty bar to the lowest rung possible. We, we are playing on very easy mode, very generous, you know, possibilities and all that stuff. But I don't know. It seems, seems like, like, uh, uh, something could happen where if, if, if a planet could perceive where it was, triangulate where it was headed, and just like a, a space telescope, rotate various parts of it in order to affect its gravitational pull, it could on purpose swoop in and just slide into another solar system is let me cut in here right when, when the, and then at that point it's like now let's set up a signal it'll take 10 20 30 thousand years eventually whoever the local bipeds are, are gonna come say hello we'll do that dance and then we're gonna eventually i, I don't know cohabitate this solar I, system long-term so storytelling you're trying to say change the wobble enough to change that because like you, you have like a solar system escape velocity. So you could change your wobble a bit, which might, even then it's going to be your mass. It's going to be hard to affect it, but there might be other way, like, like the amount of stuff that gets blown off of our upper atmosphere into space and picked up by solar winds. If you had, if you knew that, let's say, okay, our sun is going to be keep kicking off a tremendous, you know, geostorm, and we're going to be blasted with radiation, this sort of, but we could maybe like, get a bunch of our little particles up in there and do some sort of pan smearia thing. Sure. Uh, sure, was... sure. Well, and, and uh, you definitely could, let's say you had a source of heat at the center. You, you, and, and again, if you have a colony hive mind, you could take that warmth, bring it up to the surface, have it blast out. And then, and then uh, essentially as a propellant to bring you you're, in. You're, you're not, 
the 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 challenge is you're not going to reach escape velocity so that's not really going to it wouldn't really change your orbit because it's still going to be that that mass is going to be there as far as my understanding of it because if you're not it's like the international space station is still gets part of the net earth gravity right right and so until it leaves it's but 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 to on that in that thinking though like imagine when we had an asteroid impact 65 million years ago it sent it stuff hit the earth i mean it hit the earth and stuff from the earth went off and reached escape velocity so if you take advantage of let's say asteroid impacts you you could then capitalize on that. And so there is there's some really interesting research from Japanese researchers that showed like, because the earth and the solar system makes this journey around the solar system and since the or since around the galaxy and since the earth got formed, it's done this like three or four times that this happening like, or how many times since it happened 65 million years ago, like they show the swath of the Milky Way where earth bits of earth could have reached, which also means other planets have reached us. Some of the stuff that's fallen on the earth is parts of other planets not just Mars, but like extrasolar planets. So your right. hive and, mind and, can and, take it out and that way. To, to be clear, in my in my musings, I was picturing a, a truly rogue planet that wasn't really under the influence of any one gravity. But oh, okay, okay, okay. Not these poser rogue planets. Jeez. Well, but, but, yeah, but, no, um, okay. Imagine that, that, that some kind yeah. of sentience came online while just, you know, in that... Oh, okay. infinite void of you know between. yeah they, 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 they could just try to control like old faithful you know and like right exactly exactly yeah that's great brian start writing sci-fi <laughs> i should for our audio for our audio listeners brian just has this charlie brown brian sort of brian, brian, brian was just crushed by the weight of possibilities i know he just he know. crumpled <laughs> under the pressure of possibilities uh i realized we forgot the most important story of the week oh Speaking of Star Who Trek. Who didn't die going into space? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh, Willie. Oh, Willie. Although, although first thing you did was start picking a fight with Sulu. <laughs> or did it go the other way around? Yeah. Yeah, right? Look, uh, 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 now we know that pettiness can survive space uh, uh, between yeah. the two of them. Uh, boy. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, no, no shortage of egos, but uh, oldest man in space let's, is let's literally focus on William that. Shatner. Let's focus oldest on oldest man that. in space. It's William Shatner, Captain Kirk. We're in a simulation. I'm convinced. You can't it's, talk me out of it. It's pretty. Uh, it's pretty crazy. Um, you know, it, it it really to me, I think that this this is a moment much much in the way that Tom Hanks getting COVID was like a a a, wake a, up a point uh, in which people were like, oh, this is not just a a thing that's on the back page. It's not a Zika. It's not like something that you're vaguely aware of that doesn't really affect you. If if Forrest Gump is getting this, then then I I got to watch my six. Similar to uh. uh you know, Shatner going up into space. I think that there, there is a line where it's like, oh, like he's not a cajillionaire. He's not a captain of industry. He's not somebody that wanted to be and was, was likely to go to space at some point because they trained their whole life. He's an actor and an old actor at that. And yet he went up and came back and had glowing things to say about it. And that's, I, I think that there's an element of that that is really, really uh, powerful, at least it, with, with the understanding that it lowers the bar to an average person to think, oh, I'm probably closer to Captain Kirk than I am Jeff Bezos. And Did you see? We, uh, we, 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 we've all rolled our eyes at various 
moments about the nature of like exactly how high up they go, blah, 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 blah. But, but one thing this really did is like, if hypothetically we all, you know, rub the scratch off lottery ticket and suddenly we ha can afford one of these, uh, I ain't going to go on the one that is attached to an airplane and then just, you know, kind of hop skips in a jump up to the Carmen line. I'm going to get in the one that is, uh, looks and feels like a real rocket ship. Well, Brian, good news is you won't have that choice for at least a year because Virgin uh, Galactic has basically like suspended their flight operations for a year. Is, it, is that good news? I would say no. that's, yeah. No. In general, very rarely good news when a thing stops happening. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that, 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 that was because of the variance they, no, they got a clearance on that. Like they, they finally FA said, okay, we're, we accept this future flights going forward. Don't do that. Um, here's, here's my opinion. Um, by the way, I am not a rocket guy. Uh, but that design was based on Starship One, which was designed to win the Ansari X Prize, which was, hey, you have to go up twice within like a 24-hour period or whatever. And basically a solution was, is they took a very giant Estes model rocket engine, shoved it into a really clever design for an airframe, sent it up, came back down, basically replaced that rocket engine, did it again. It's not was never, although it won a reusability, it was never really designed to be a real, yeah, truly reusable system. It was, it was a model, it was a model vehicle. It was a concept it car. Twenty years old. It is yeah. now twenty years. It was old. a very old learned, concept car. <laughs> yeah, we've learned a lot since then, and they they had momentum. And remember, this thing was supposed to be flying over a decade ago, flying tourists to space. And I think that they got locked into a design paradigm and a method that I think was a prohibitively expensive to do because the new Shepard, you know, criticized we want that, you know, it just, it's an amusement park ride that goes up and comes back down. It's reusable. Just put more fuel in there in theory and yeah, go again. I, I think it's, you know, if, if it shows you how far the public uh, uh, expectations and discourse on this has shifted, the conversation we were having is, is William Shatner healthy enough to survive a trip to space? Not, is William Shatner about to die in a fiery explosion because this rocket's going to blow up? Or is, is, this going, is this safe for him to do? Is this safe for humans to do? It's been happening enough that it was like, oh, maybe grandpa will break a hip and not like, is this inherently safe enough to be putting a national treasure in it? Right. Uh, and that's, um, that, that's, the, a, that's a, that's a material shift. The, the thing that's sort of funny was, that, you know, Bezos has this routine when you come back down, he comes with a champagne bottle to celebrate and you see the video Shatner comes out of it. And he's just stunned, just stunned. And he's trying like telling Jeff, like I, it was the most embarrassed, like, Oh, champagne. Woo! And Shatner's still like, I, I'm, I'm just in space, you know. Yeah. You see, you're looking at like Bezos, and his wife, are like, Ooh! and Bill is just over in the corner. Oh my going, god, yeah, He's having an existential like, crisis. Over un, there, un, un, unable to even look him in the eye, <laughs> like, like, yeah. like, I, like, I'm sorry, I need a moment here. Yeah, I, it was just you're you look at this guy over there, and he's profound, and he's like, like, oh, I'll take a hug, but you're like, 
it was just he's like processing it. And he's it was, over there saying to- like, uh, you know, I never had to face the Kobayashi Maru. <laughs> I mean, like if we can get a little existential, one of the things that I have noticed the older that I get is that age and wisdom is the increasing absence of the new or at least the surprising that there are you've you've gone through enough things you've you've been through enough situations that you start to realize that there's a fairly reliable and predictable pattern and i'm in my late 30s i can only imagine because he's he's in his 90s right was he 91 90 90 or 91 i can only imagine that a man who is uh, uh, of that age there ain't a whole lot new under the sun for for William Shatner and William Shatner's day-to-day life. I can't imagine that somebody at that stage of his life gets to legit experience not only something new for him, but new for the the, the world. vast majority yeah. of the Humanity. world who's who's ever lived. That's that has to be a profound I, I can I can understand why uh uh he's he's sitting there looking like he saw a ghost while Jeff Bezos is like, oh that? Yeah. I mean it was pretty cool the first time I did it. Also, you want to buy some books from my store? <laughs> yeah. Hats off, amazing moment. Let's do some picks and explore some other possibilities. Uh yeah, I'll go first. Succession's back. Succession's back. It's so good. It's, it's good. great. Action stations, friends. Because, Action stations. Uh, yeah, everything that you love about succession, name calling, a bunch of people doing rich people things. Uh, uh, it's all there for you. This season is a big civil war in the Roy family, and I'm very excited. Kicked for off it. hot. It's, Kicked off hot. It's great, great episode to start everything off. So uh, go download this new app. HBO Max and uh, <laughs> uh, go enjoy it. Yeah, uh, I'm 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 gonna. I guess I'll double down on something we've talked about before. Um, Lower decks just gets better and better. Uh, uh, last week we had a wonderful moment where Bryce was trying to describe why this particular episode was so good, and I was able to explain Bryce. It's because you are now a fan of Star Trek. And he was like, <laughs> no! <laughs> uh, not, uh, co- entirely coincidentally, I did not watch Lower Decks this week. <laughs> I forgot, but yeah. But uh, especially last week's was really good. Was this week's good? I did not. Uh, I, I, I'm going to give it a second watch. Uh, I, I, I've actually rewatched last week's a second time because it was so good. It's it's so canonical Trek. Uh uh, everybody out there who thinks this is a comedy show where Trek is the butt of the jokes will not have a good time. Everybody realizes this is straight up legitimate Star Trek uh, uh, around TNG era, uh, but just happens to be self-aware is going to have a blast. Highly recommend it. Yeah. Uh, I've got a pick. Pick uh, it up. I've got two of them here. Pick it up. Okay. Pick it up. Um, uh, a, a very brief selfish one. Uh, Marbles started on Friday and it mm-hmm. was super, super fun. Uh, we're gonna do them more on most of them are on Fridays this season. Marbles.win is the website. Check it out; it's a lot of fun. We're doing a lot of points. That'd be fun. Uh, my my pick uh, is uh, something that they just added to Netflix. Uh, I, I want to say within the past maybe a few weeks. Um, and it's it's weird because it's I don't think this is how it's ever been packaged. But they just call it Oats Studio, which uh, were these uh, separate short films that were made by. Um, uh, this is Neil Blomkamp's uh, yeah, yeah. independent uh, studio, I District believe. District Nine. Yeah, um, and so there are a lot of short. Um, uh, I, I want to say they're twenty or thirty minute 
uh, uh, stories and there are a lot of science fiction um, uh, kind of genre concepts, you know, um, and, and a lot of visual effects is the other thing you can very much tell is they, they spend a lot of time on uh, making all of these creatures and all these practical effects and visual effects look really, really cool. Um, so I, I, they, they're on Netflix now. So um, yeah, check it out. Oats, Oats Studio is what it's called. They're, it's, it's interesting. Did, you, did anybody ever actually see these? Because I remember I, we I reported want- them a while ago. I wanted to see them and I always forget it because the name Oat Studio. Like <laughs> yeah. I always like I remember didn't Bob Goldquaith direct one or something or uh, maybe I'm mistaken. Mm, but like I, I I I want to watch this because I think Camp is a very clever guy. Um, mm. But I just that name is I always forget. Yeah. Wait, can, can you make it like uh, uh, crazy aliens or uh, the, get, get out of my face space creature? Yeah, yeah, it's Space like creature. it's like duck 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 go. Like the other day, I was trying to remember yeah. like is duck duck. How do I find this website? And like, <laughs> like again, I'm sure it's a great technology, but the name just always I forget. Mm. the the only The only thing I'll say about them, and I've only watched a couple of them, and I think there are a few that are connected plot wise, but a lot of them are like they kind of they seem like pitches for a sh- for a movie or a series. So you kind of get all the excitement, and then and then it kind of just cuts off. Right yeah. when you think they're about to do like the big thing, so that that's a little unfortunate. But but they're very impressive and, and they're nice little. I wonder stories. if that wasn't exactly what they were. Pro- probably, probably. Um, but uh, yeah, that's on on Netflix. Yeah. Oh, Studios. I, if Bob had nothing to do with it. It's just that the logo reminded me he did a movie called Go- Wolf Willow Creek about Bigfoot, which oh, had this yeah, like yeah. scary looking foot. Oh. Oat Studio has a scary looking hand. That's yeah. like that. Just show you how dumb my brain is. It just connected <laughs> the two. <laughs> Um, I would say there's a great selection of comedy on Netflix. I suggest that you check out some of the newer specials on Netflix. I think that they're very interesting and I highly recommend you check them out and come to your own conclusions about them. Most careful landing of an episode ever. Bam, 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 bam. <laughs> yeah. I just, I just think that, uh, there's a lot, a lot of different stuff out there. It's great. I'll say this. I finished, I finished season two of Ted Lasso. What were your thoughts on that? Uh, I have not finished it yet. I think we were positive on it in spoiler in time. Yeah, I I, I think that in it's a general, transitionary season. Uh, we as as humans have been spoiled by uh, Empire Strikes Back into believing that second acts need to be the best ones. Uh, they traditionally are not. They need to be the inverse of the first one so that they could create tension going into the third one. And uh, uh, by the time this one ended, I, I felt like they landed it. Yeah, I think that everything I thought like two episodes in was going to how it was going to end is how it ended. That yep. that was my sort of thing was like, ah, and this is the director we got here. This is this. I'm going to watch this. And, and I wished, man, you should just brought this up sooner because I think it set it up better. That was a little frustration for me was that. Um, I think it's a great, I think it's a, it's a lovely show. I would say that, uh, I am more convinced than ever that actually we're watching the fevered coma dream of a man named Ted Lasso, who is a, uh, unaccomplished football coach who tried to kill himself after his wife divorced him. And now he fantasizes that he's, you know, coaching soccer in England with his magical best friend who beard, who gets all his jokes and everything else through that lens. Everything makes sense now. Cause some of the absurd ways things like there was a lot of absurdity this season that uh yeah i kind of so i'm not to the end um but you know the the 
the thing that made that first season sing, especially in a show with relentless positivity, was that there was the existence of kind of outward negativity that you could kind of understand. Uh, and, and there seems to be, you know, a, 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 you know, that, that, that first plot line with the, you know, the warring players with Roy Kent and, and Jamie, and obviously the animating, uh, you know, the, the, the straw that stirred the drink was, was the owner lady, you know, wanting to Hudsucker proxy, uh, Ted Lasso. And so it's like, there's a lot of that where there was like legit bad things that you understood from the very beginning that you are excited to see this relentless positivity kind of conquer. And this has been a little bit more of an existential season. The, there's, there's a lot more of like the enemy within as opposed to let's conquer this kind of uh, bad behavior out, that outwardly. And I think that that's, that's kind of um, taken away a little bit of the steam of the show. That and also the fact that it, it's just kind of like a workplace comedy Whereas, you know, especially since the first season had the idea of like, I'm trying to ruin this team. The sports were the the the, the big driving thing. Like, we will know if this plot line is resolved correctly if Ted Lasso is a good and competent football coach. Uh, and And everything's been very removed to the point where it's like whether the team kind of wins, at least to this point that I've watched it, whether the team wins or loses is just kind of like, oh, we don't really know. It Maybe they'll win, maybe they lose. Words I never thought I would ever hear myself saying, I wanted more soccer. <laughs> yes, I agree. Because I think part of it is like, that's like doing a, a show about, uh, a show about, being in an indie band or being uh, uh, in, in advertising and then not having the scenes where they come up with advertising uh, uh, jingles or, or wrote new songs or had humiliating situations that were out there. It's like, that's, that's what defines the world uh, is, is you, us exploring that, especially at, for an American audience. Yeah, and there were, there were characters who I think, I cast is amazing, but we had storylines about characters. Like, I don't, care about this because i could just follow some other random person going through the storyline because it doesn't relate to the story of this team yeah and then there's i won't get to where it ends but they set up a storyline for a character at the very end like i don't care i don't i watched part of that journey and and my frustration i get with ted, i think ted lasso is neat but the problem is ted lasso is one degree away from ned flanders and it is I know they have to navigate that, but it was like kind of the crisis he had to deal with this, this, this season was just like, all right, just pull this out of the crisis box. We got this one to deal with. Cool. Yeah. Forgive, uh, forgive blank, move on. You know, and, and, and I also don't know a lot of the stuff that's coming out now. How much, how much do we put into the, you know, like all those seasons that came out of the writer's strike or, or other big, cataclysmic situations where uh there was like a lot of challenges in in making the art uh i think all the stuff that came out now that was shooting uh while or or writing being written while covid was going on like i don't know if there's if there's a, a degree of difficulty there where like maybe third season comes out and there's it's a little bit more traditionally put together and you're like oh that's what an in-person writer's room does at least for this show yeah, I'm like, hey, just kill off Roy Kent, let him go play James Bond, and then just carry on. We'll be fine. 
<laughs> yeah, I guess it's my biggest thing is that boy, were there a lot of characters that lived happily ever after at, at the end of the first season. And then just kind of like, kept living happily ever after <laughs> my favorite thing with this season was is the sam the soccer player who's great a charming super likable one of the, i think one of a great casting choice and there's like hey i don't want to represent this company because they've they've you know they've bought off by government this pollution thing and like we're gonna make a stand against this company i'm like oh this is gonna be interesting to see what apple tv goes with this yeah right. next episode a oh, new sponsor carrying right along i'm like right I feel like something was missing there. You know, like you're waiting for the content. I'm like, oh, this is going to be good. Like, what do you do when your player gets very political and has political points of views? Because that's topical. That's a really, and there might, this could be a great lens to explore this, that, that we don't all of a sudden go to whatever side we're already on. No, there's Apple it, TV it, guys. No, we're not, we're not going to do Because it also would have given the season a big bad, a big bad that was yeah. existential. And and now you have to make, you know, you have to put your, your characters in positions where they got to make hard choices. But look, I mean, but hey, the, hey, banter tech saved everybody. We're all good. Yeah. Right. Uh, uh, I guess the, the other thing is that like, there are some shows where it's like, yes, we can have these conversations about stories and characters and everything, but. For a lot of people, you watch the shows for different reasons. And it's like, Walking Dead is a great example. Doesn't matter what these characters do, what these characters say. Somebody's going to have to walk into the abandoned warehouse alone. Uh, uh, and, and it's going to be a dumb reason why they get in there. Zombies are going to be in there. They're going to escape by the very end. And that's what people like. They like just... The promise. The promise is in the title. Walking Dead. Yeah. Walking Dead. And this is... Ted Lasso is... He's going to be Jason Sudeikis. It's a great character. He's fun to be around, even if the, the, the story isn't, isn't great. He's going to conquer something. He's going to give somebody a pep talk. And that's it. That's, that's, that's why you're there. Although I do wonder why they didn't save that Christmas episode for Christmas. Like, wouldn't that have been the, 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 the slam dunk? Because it's so disconnected from everything else. Like, just put that out on Christmas Day. This, this. Was it worth it? <laughs> I mean, but, but I think, when, when I th are special I think Christmas by, episodes by, ever by, worth it? By the uh, as uh, I'm talking to somebody who has not yet completed the season, there would be incongruities that would matter. Oh, okay, yeah, and and yeah, I think there is. I think there's probably some weird like, well, the soccer season crosses over Christmas, so you can't end the season there if we want to watch the whole season. But in also, I'll, I, I will say this much. Uh, I'm so down. Uh, anytime anybody in Austin wants to go see soccer, I'm, I'm in. I'm, I'm, I'm ready. Oh, well, I'll tell you what. Maybe we got to do that. That was fun last time. Is that it? Gentlemen, it's been weird. The Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program.